Welcome to the Weekend Must Watch on Intercut, where we make our way through all of the latest in theaters, streaming, on demand, and pretty much everything that's out there. I am your co-host, Art, who's kind of manning this one on my own for today, because if you didn't see last week's stream, uh, Zach has moved on to a better place. He's in Florida, or he's probably actually in uh, Virginia on a beach somewhere, but uh, I'm going to be handling this stuff because he's lucky he didn't have to sit through Fantastic Beasts. Father Stu, and even some of the stuff at home was not the best stuff out there. But nonetheless, we have so many movies to go through. Uh, Zach as well, he will be back next week. He should be completely fine. Um, but he is also a little sick. He was telling me this morning that he had something in his eye. I don't know if, if it was because he actually caught RRR in IMAX in the 40X he said he was going to do. Uh, he said his eyes were like really bad. He had to go do a doctor's appointment. Uh, I was talking to him virtually. I leaned in close to him. He told me that the only remedy that the doctor told him was for y'all to leave a five-star review over on the podcast, uh, Apple streaming, any other podcast that you guys listen to, even here on the YouTube channel, leave that. He said that that's what the doctor said would make him feel better. But our thoughts and prayers out to Zach. Uh, I did send him some postcards as well, so yeah, he will be getting some of these soon. But we did snatch a couple of these. Uh, it is the Everything Everywhere All at Once little postcards that they were giving away at Regal. I pay for that Regal One subscription. And uh, as Denzel would say, if I'm from around the way, I'm going to go home with something. So I have a whole bunch of stamps that I also got. Anybody who wants any of these, comment down below why you think this movie deserves to be the number one on Rotten Tomatoes. The number one on Letterboxd. But why it's the number one in your heart, uh, we'll choose a couple since, as you can see, I have a couple. Uh, I have more of these than I do stamps, though. So uh, I'll be picking a couple of our favorite ones in the comments down below. Not in the chat. Shout out to everyone who's in the chat. But if you do it down below, uh, we're going to pick a couple. We'll reach out to you probably through Twitter. I, I won't ask for your address right there on public, but uh, we'll send some of these out since I did snatch a couple of these. They're really nice little postcards for the number one movie, I guess, of all time. So, uh, Zach, hopefully you'll be getting one soon. I see he's in the chat as well. Hopefully he's feeling better. But I am not because we had a couple of movies this week. I went into theaters to catch a couple of them. Some you were able to catch at home, but I figured we'd start with the one that deals with a conflict, a big fight that's been hyped up, kind of like a magical type of uh, realm that they're in. And it's a movie that's been getting a lot of buzz from film festivals. It's called Duel. It is a movie that premiered at Sundance. We covered it from director Riley Stearns, one of our favorites. This man has done several things that I really enjoy, Art of Self-Defense, which I'm always freaked out about, that they sent me this sticker, this patch, and I don't know how they got my address. Uh, he's also done Faults, which I think is a really good movie. This one is decent. I I'd say it's probably number three in the three movies that I've seen from him. He's got some good shorts as well. But this follows a woman who has a terminal illness and goes through this procedure that they have in this world where you can create a double and then they're going to take over you. But then when she gets better, there's a duel to the death on having to fight this person. Uh, it is a very interesting story. It was one of the most anticipated ones that we had going into the festival, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it as much as, as his other movies. It is very much a movie where if you're looking to see the intricacies of like how this world works, what does this mean, it, it's more so a character study. Um, and I would say for that, if you're a Karen Gillan fan, this delivers on that aspect. It also has Aaron Paul, who I know is also going to be coming back in another big property soon. But Duel was a pretty decent one that I believe is only out in theaters right now. Uh, I know it's not the biggest release so far because it hasn't been all over the place. But it is one, as I'm looking even on the chat, that some people don't like the ending of Duel. I'm kind of split with you there as well. It's one of those where it's like, 
without spoiling it, you kind of see it going there and leaving it in that type of ending. But nonetheless, it's also one where I would highly recommend watching his previous movies, specifically The Art of Self-Defense, because I think that's where he really gets this dialogue down to a T. Uh, a lot of people have been calling it Yorgos-type dialogue. I wouldn't really say that, but it is a very dry sense of uh, humor. We talked a, a, a lot more about this movie, even with Amanda. We're doing all our Sundance coverage, so if you're interested in that, put this one on your radar. I personally would give it a rent it, so if you're curious for this movie, I'd say wait for it. Uh, even before streaming, I think it's still worth checking out, but I would highly recommend his previous works. So Duel, one of the first ones out in theaters. Then, of course, there's Fantasy, Adventure, that uh, kind of flopped. It's weird to, to say that this movie flopped considering it's like still made $40 million during a pandemic, but considering that this is in the top 10 franchises of all time, and they're dropping I Am Your Father reveals in this movie. It's crazy that no one's uh, no one's as excited for this. Obviously, there's a lot of other controversy that comes with it. All that stuff. Uh, you could do a Camelotius, Pelotius. I don't know my spells, but uh, if you don't want to support this movie, buy a ticket to RRR. If you're curious to go watch it, watch it. To me, all of them have kind of been the same. We rewatched one. Uh, two and three for Fantastic Beasts. I was kind of really harsh on one. It was not not the most. I was I gave it like a two and a half. And then the previous one I gave it three. This probably gets a three as well. They're probably all threes across the board, in my opinion, at this point. Um, but they don't do much. Like this is a reason why your Christian mama told you to not watch these movies, not because you were gonna get possessed, but because you were gonna get bored to death. You have so much that you can do in these movies, and they're bland as can be. I don't know what the secret Dumbledore has, but whatever secret he has, I still don't know what it is because this is a movie that even lies to you that it was an IMAX. As y'all know, I'm a big fan when it comes to IMAX. We made the trip to go see this in the best IMAX theater around us. And then I had the bars the whole time. So they're lying to you. The IMDb says that this is an IMAX. It is not. Uh, on top of that, this is supposed to be the installments and in where you're really repping up for this war between Dumbledore and his lover. If you're in China, it's his lover. Uh... And you don't even feel the love. They recast Johnny Depp for Mods Mickelson. Mods is great. I, I don't think uh, Jude Law is bad either. But there is no chemistry between them. Uh, someone lost a loved one in the last movie. They're not mourning the loss of that person. So the only couple we have in this franchise is split for this movie. Both of them, actually. There's two couples. They're split for this movie. All of the magic, besides uh, Jessica's character, I'm, I'm blinking on what her witch's name was, but um, some of you may know her from The Daily Show. She came in and she she caught me off guard with the accent for a little bit, but she's the only one in this entire series where they're finally doing something cool with the magic. To me, it was kind of like Jackie Chan-type magic and where you have uh, all the action scenes actually using everyday objects. Her scenes were cool. There's some interesting dialogue when it comes to the politics that it's trying to get into which is just a headache when you think about everything behind the author i know some people uh, know the phrase death of the author some people really want to have death of the author with this but there's like an intriguing political element to it where the movie starts off as a heist film and then it ends i'm not even i'm not even lying as election fraud this is a movie about an electoral goat and and someone getting a majority wand votes it is the weirdest franchise that supposedly is supposed to go six movies and they don't even know if they're going to greenlit four and five. Um, th that's the greatest trick they've pulled in here besides tricking me to go see this in IMAX. If you're curious, I don't think it's any different than the previous ones. I know some people, I saw a lot of people who liked the first one and then something happened in between 
and they didn't like the second one. I think they're all the same. Uh, so if you've been interested in these, I don't think anything has changed between the quality of these movies, uh, other than it, it's definitely become less and less JK centric. Because I think this is probably the first time some people can correct me in the chat that uh, we've been getting a another screenwriter to go with her. You know, it sucks because this is a series where they could have done a lot of Pokemon Go stuff, but like with Fantastic Beasts, and they've done nothing. There's a whole theme park ride for this world, and they could have done their own animal slash magic kingdom. I don't know. It's just it's just going kaput. But uh, personally, for me, I, I'd give it like a very cheap rent it. At this point, there is a lot of cool scenes in the movie that I guess if you're a big fan, you would want to see in the theater, not in IMAX. But for, as far as the story, they've been stretching this out thin. Uh, none of the impactful scenes hit. Like, they're saying some really crazy things. And you're just like, huh, okay. Just got the biggest reveal that we've been waiting for for three movies. And it just doesn't land. It doesn't stick in any way, shape, or form. But Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Not my highest recommendation, but a movie that is out in theaters. And with nothing else playing in IMAX next week and even the following week, I personally am hoping they put RRR back in theaters. Or in IMAX, or get this one. Because this is actually one that has the ratio to fill up the screen uh, for everything, everywhere, all at once. But I'm curious to know people's thoughts on this, all the Potterheads. I feel bad for, I feel bad for y'all. Um, on the other end of it, because it was Easter weekend, the one savior of American cinema, as he calls himself, the savior of Hollywood, decided to come out and make a movie for Easter weekend called Father Stew. Uh, this is a film that's actually based off of a true story about a man who uh, was a boxer. His name was Stuart Long, then started fighting for God. He becomes a pastor, and he also ends up going through a condition um, that ends up causing his, his muscles to suffer. But what's interesting about the movie is that he invested a lot of his own money into this. So this is like Mark Wahlberg's passion project. He wanted to time it for Easter, he wanted originally David O. Russell to do this movie. Um, I guess to kind of like have the, the fighter type spirit to it because it is a Christian movie that's rated R, which is really, int that's intriguing to me. It's a movie that is not sugarcoating the fact that people need forgiveness, that people aren't going to be as clean cut. Um, but obviously the you know, Mark Wahlberg has been on his, uh, how, do I, how do I put this? He's been on his forgiveness tour for a minute. He had that one movie uh, where he tours by foot to preach about his kid. I can't remember what the name of that one was. You know, he's he's had a couple of these where he's been just trying to get the public on his side and kind of forget some of his past actions. And, you know, there's a whole element to that movie about forgiveness um, that is a message in and of itself. And how people choose to go about that, you know, that's up to them. As far as the movie goes, again, the most interesting part of it is this idea of being able to have a faith-based film where they're saying the F word, where he's asking someone, Joe Bell, that was the movie. I really like the director to that movie, but Joe Bell, they spoiled the twist of a real-life story in the trailer. Really weird. But uh, for Father Stu, he has an element where he's trying to get with this woman, which is the reason why he even enters the church to begin with. And in doing so, uh, he asks her, you know, he wants to get her into bed. And she goes, I can't get into bed because I'm, I'm a Catholic woman. And he's like, what's the point of confessing? So it has that element where, you know, a lot of these Christian movies are very sugar-coated and they don't feel like really real people. Like... Even in the Bible, there's people committing adultery, lying, thieving, all this different stuff. This at least goes for that aspect. It also has Mel Gibson in this movie. And it's actually his girlfriend. Well, I don't know if they're married. Doing her directorial debut for this film. There's not much flair to the direction. It definitely feels like where 
Mark Wahlberg's kind of leading it for what it needs to be. Um, it's 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 an okay movie, I guess. If you're on Easter weekend, you're probably not going to take your family to go see this. I think those who are of a certain, I guess, era, of a certain age, may like this because this is a movie we always talk about those 2022 screenwriting elements where they like go back and uh, like write from a 2022's point of view for an old movie. He forgets that he's taking place a little in the past. He goes, you know, there used to be, you're in that time. He's talking about a time where they used to be able to just flirt with women. You're still living in that time, sir. So it's definitely uh, a vehicle for Mark Wahlberg to kind of preach his holiness. I know he's a very religious man. And, you know, I guess out of all the other Christian movies that have come out this year, uh, Father Stu, it's out there for you. Catch it on streaming, in my opinion, once it's out there. In theaters. Uh, Some of the other stuff that's in virtual, uh, going to the stuff that you can watch at home. I have two movies that really stood out to me, and then I get a roundup of a, a couple, three. But there is this movie called Chariot. We talked about this last week. And this one intrigued me because of the cast. It's got Thomas Mann. Many of you may know him. I always refer to him as me, uh, from me and from the Dying Girl. So we, I always forget his name is Thomas Mann. To, to me, he's always going to be me. Uh, he's been in a couple of movies. I like him. Uh, Rosa, fantastic. She's been taking a lot of these types of roles. Uh I don't think, oh, it actually does come out here. I thought it was a series, but like Brand New Cherry Flavor, where she's trying to take these off-kiltered roles, Undone, which I don't know when our embargo is up. That's coming up. Really good stuff. Catch the first season. She likes taking these very off-kiltered scripts, and Chariot is definitely that. You have Thomas Mann, who's been having these like really weird dreams, and he goes to see a doctor, played by John Malkovich. It's cuckoo. Uh, and it's in that, and in his new apartment, that he's trying to piece together why he's having all these flashbacks, all these memories. Who are all these weird people that he's found himself as he's living in this new apartment? What may his doctor know that he doesn't know? Is there something that goes even further, considering that this movie's even done in specific chapters that don't just take place in the present? I'm not going to say it's the best movie out there, but it is a movie that kind of intrigued me. It's a weird recommendation because this is for people who want a thriller, sci-fi type movie, uh, that's different than everything else you've been getting in theaters. There is uh, an element of Jacob's Ladder in there. I know the director talked about that movie a lot. Uh, I hate bringing up his name because I know it means a lot, but it, the approach to the acting, because a lot of people don't like the acting, he's going for like that David Lynch type vibe where uh, the approach is for them to, to come off as intellectual as possible as they're having these discussions with each other. I think it's a pretty interesting movie. I kind of want to get into more spoilers when this movie comes out, probably on streaming because I know there's even some deleted scenes, but check out the trailer if it intrigues you. Maybe check it out. I'd say I don't know how much it is right now on Vudu, but depending on the price, I'll let you know right now because every time I say I rent it, it really just depends on how much it is. I'm still a $4.99 rented guy, but yeah, I'd say wait, wait for streaming on here. But for the most part, it's an interesting movie to have on your radar. Not everybody is vibing with it, but it does something different. And there's two quotes in this movie that made me laugh really hard. I thought I thought they were hilarious from uh, from me. But Chariot, an interesting little thriller. Put that one on your radar if you are interested. One that I am highly recommending. It's a drama. Get this one. This one I would give a junior price. I don't know how much it is to rent right now, but I'm going to tell you right now this. If a movie almost brings me to tears, yeah, this, this one could be $6.99. I would recommend it. It's a movie called As They Made Us. Uh, you pretty much follow these two siblings who were raised in a very dysfunctional family, and in that they kind of separated. But 
while one sees the the opportunity to escape, the other, the sister, kind of sees herself as the caretaker, the one who needs to be there for the family. I was, I did not know this until er, today, uh, that this is directed. If I'm not mistaken, she's from Big Bang Theory, right? She's also been doing Jeopardy recently. Like this is her directorial debut. I had no idea that she had directed it. I had just seen this movie. Alina came down. I played it for her so she could cry along with me. I really dug this movie. It is nothing so profound, but it is a, a a nice little drama that really gets the intricacies of a family, a family trauma. It's also a, a pretty religious movie considering that it's not just Easter, but you're in Passover season um, that gets into uh, kind of the genera- the generational curses that a family could have. Um, I really liked uh, Dustin Hoffman's performance um, because it takes place through different periods of time in this family's relationship there were some lines that this man said that got me um even the mom did a fantastic job i hated her but she did an incredible job with it and just overall the cast this was a movie that really surprised me uh had me close to tears and when the title comes into play in the movie I, honestly i'm, I'm, I'm a right right here i thought it was i thought it was pretty good uh it hit me uh, there's two lines in this movie. One of them would be the title. One of them would be one that Dustin Hoffman says. And then the third would be what I would consider the least spoiler. It's just the main character always saying, Mom, that's not how it works. Uh, and then, yes, she is, as Josh says in the chat, she is from Shiva Baby. I kept seeing her the whole movie. I was like, why do you look so familiar? She's in a dozen other stuff as well. But, yeah, she's from Shiva Baby. Uh, and she she does a good job in this movie. As they made us probably my favorite theatrical virtual release, movie release of this week. Put this one on your radar if you get the chance to catch it. Um, going through three really quick ones that are also out on VOD. There was a little horror movie called Room 203. It is uh, a haunted room in 203 that's got some backstory. It's as much as I can give it. There's like a, a mural and a hole that they keep fingering and putting their holes into. Uh, stream it. Coast. This is one that almost borderlines getting a rent it from me. It is a very interesting story about this group of girls who live... Uh, they're, they're in high school. They live pretty much in this rural town. And it's about them kind of just getting to know themselves and also understanding that the place that you live isn't necessarily the worst thing. You don't have to leave it. It's still home to you. It's a cute little movie. I think most people could gravitate towards it when it's out on streaming. But hey, if this is up your alley and the trailer stands out to you, like I said, it's right there on the cusp of being a rented for me. Uh, and then the final one is To Olivia. This one stood out to me because it is the story of Raul Dahl, who... I, someone can tell me someone bought his entire catalog recently so they have all of it uh i don't know who snatched it up but they could do a better job with this movie in my opinion it, it really focuses on kind of what his inspirations were how much of an a-hole he was and more so is dedicated to his daughter olivia who dies uh because of measles and there's that whole aspect of it in terms of grief and then there's the uh entire process of his creativity uh, again, for someone as prolific as Roald Dahl, could have been a little bit better. But nonetheless, it does some interesting techniques there where if you wanted to catch just a decent little drama, once it's out on streaming on Netflix or wherever this may be going, check it out there. So then I guess it's going to go to Netflix. Netflix owns everything? Is the Willy Wonka, uh, Timmy, Timmy Chalamet, going to Netflix? I don't know if so, someone could, can let us know about that one. But yeah, I mean, his catalog's vast, so there's no reason why people aren't. <laughs> whoring out his stuff as much but uh 
leading into the streaming side of things, we have three streaming titles to cover really quickly. We had covered The Cellar over at South By. It is now on Shudder. I recommend this only because it's a horror movie that I consider a horror comedy. This is horror math. It's all, I don't want to spoil what the premise is because when it, it, there's there's a, an element to it that does get into spoiler ter- territory when you realize what it is that's behind uh, this entity. But I'm telling you, it has one of the funniest scenes I have seen in a horror film. Uh, we were cracking up at South by. This is honestly, it's, it shouldn't even get the two and a half stars. I just have so many two star ratings on Letterboxd that people get so anal about. Uh, but I'm going to have to take that extra half star away. The, I don't give it my recommendation, but I will say check out the director's short. I think it's called 10 Steps. And the best part of this movie, right there, the best part of this movie is just this short that he made back in 2004. And when you watch the movie, you're like, yeah, it should have it just remained a short. Uh, Choose or Die is another one where I know a lot of people's joke is die. This came out on Netflix. It stars Asa Butterfield. I'm not exactly sure what the girl's name is. Lola Evans. They are in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. They're coders. She works on motherboards. He does these like character rigs. And they realize that there is this game that comes up on your computer, on your phone, by some entity, by some organization that makes you choose or die. And it has the ability to be such an interesting movie. And there are a couple of shots in this that I really liked. There is a shot where somebody vomits. VHS tape. It's so dumb. I loved it. The movie itself is so ridiculous. The premise has the ability to go somewhere and then it just doesn't. It does some of the most annoying things that uh, horror movies can do, which is just bombard you with screeching noises or characters just saying, choose or die, choose or die. And it's like, it gets really annoying really quick. It really tested my patience. I sat through the whole thing, even the credits, where they're just repeating the same things back to you. But it's also, uh, I don't want to call it a message movie, but it has a specific theme that's just really dumb. It's just one of those ironic themes where it's like, oh, if one person does it, it's bad. If the other person does it, it's okay, because now we're flipping kind of the roles in there. Choose or die, not the greatest movie out there. Um, but it did make me think that Asa Butterfield 100% tried out for that Black Mirror thing and just didn't get it. So, sorry, man. I hope you get a better one in the next one. The last streaming thing, though, would be Scrap Tales. This is the finale. I did not know this. Alina had to tell me. I wasn't an Ice Age fan. I'm a Shrek person. Ice Age. What were the other ones I was telling you that I don't really... Oh, Madagascar. Like, I knew of those, right? Those are the ones that when you're not celebrating Halloween, they put you in the back room. They play these movies for you while everyone's trick-or-treating. I wasn't the biggest fan of Ice Age growing up, but I know. I know this man's always been trying to get his nut. I just put this on the radar because this was the finale that they had over on Disney+. Plus. It was a series, of, I want to say six short films for Scrat. But what I really want to put on your radar was that the animators from Blue Sky, which is now defunct because they've been bought by Disney. So they're, they're done. Because of COVID? Mickey Hanundu, <laughs> they they made one final animation here. It's unlisted, but I don't think it's difficult to find. I've never seen an unlisted video that's never gone public with two mil views. It's a short little thing. Everyone's also just copied it and uploaded it. They got together and they made a final thing f- for the boy for Scrat. And honestly, it's probably you know besides as uh, as they made us. Finally got his nut. It was, it's, I think this is illegal to make because they don't have the rights to it, but they said, screw it. We're done. We're defunct. And they made this uh, to finally have his goodbye. <sighs> kind of precious. Goodbye, Scrat. 
uh, you will be missed by some. And uh, Disney just continues to swallow things up. Blue Sky is gone. Pixar is a streaming service now. Uh, yeah, sucks to see it, but there you go. If you haven't caught this, definitely go give it a watch. Give the series a watch. Cute. Um, we'll see what they have in store for all that stuff. But moving on to the finale of what we have to wrap up here in the what we've been watching is the TV series. I'll give a quick shout out to some of the stuff that we saw. My number one recommendation would 100% be outer range they sent us all these episodes but it looked really good and i'm like i need to wait because when amazon sends us the sends us the episodes the screeners i appreciate it they're right there they're they're easy to watch but they look terrible they're like in 7 720p or something i'm like come on bro i can get cam qualities better than this so i waited for this they 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 released the first two episodes if you're a fan of yellowstone eat this up eat this up immediately bro uh this show is fantastic i am intrigued to a degree that like i, I might just risk it and watch all the other ones in terrible quality because i need to know where this mystery leads you got yourself josh brolin who is a part of this ranch and he finds this big old hole like yellowstone there's a whole other family who's trying to buy his land and then emojin poots is just like camping around that's the premise of the story someone something happens to someone and they have to have they have to toss something in this hole and then that's where the that that's where the premise like really begins. I am so intrigued to see where this goes. There are shots in this series uh, that just look gorgeous. Be it how they're trying to uh, transition between two scenes, or the way someone is out of focus, or the whole background's out of focus while they're still in focus as they're spying on somebody. Just really fantastic shots, as you can see, just from right there. The poster is incredible. Put this one on your radar. I really like this. It's probably one of the most intriguing things that Amazon's had this year. I don't think they've had too many things this year, but out of the series that they have, this will be the one that uh, I'd, I'd be tuning in for on a weekly basis just off of the first two episodes that they've released. Outer Range. The next ones that we have is a trio of uh, female-led shows that we've got. The first one, uh, it's going to be going <laughs> it's going to be going on for a while. This is, this is uh, a series from Showtime that is going to extend until like July, late June. And it's called The First Lady in where all of these women are playing different first ladies throughout history. And I originally thought they were going to do like piece by piece. It's going to be this first lady. And we're going to have Michelle, Michelle Obama. Then we're going to have Ford. And we're going to have all these uh, different stories as an, as an anthology. But they kind of like intersect them all, which isn't bad. Um, I don't feel bad in saying the show's a little boring because... <laughs> The show has transcended into another element of just, I, don't, I should have pulled them up here. There are so many memes for this show because of what Viola Davis did. Mind you, Viola Davis, one of the greatest actresses that we have working today. It's not even close. It's not. There's no disrespect to her. I don't know who let her go in. And do this performance. There has been mouth acting this year to a crazy degree. We had, uh, I think she's good. What's her name in the dropout? I'm blanking on Amanda Seyfried. I just never bought the mouth. You know, there is a thing that these people who they're impersonating, they have the mouth thing down because that's how they speak. They're they're not contorting muscles. That's just how their their face rests. These actresses, these actors, you can see them doing the mouth face. And that's why sometimes it's like it's better to have a prosthetic because at least your your face will be resting on the prosthetic as opposed to like the perching of the lips. All I would recommend is going to Twitter, searching up Viola Davis, 
first lady memes, it is more entertaining than the first episode that we got in this show. Uh, it may, maybe it'll be able to go places. I know we're really curious on one of the episodes that they're going to be doing because there was even a short for Martha Mitchell. That's a very intriguing story to see how they cover it. Um, but so far, it's not terrible performances. But the impersonations are kind of sketchy. I will say that. The First Lady out on Showtime. They're going weekly. If you're interested, check it out to see what all the memes are about. Uh, another one that was on Apple TV that I'm kind of mixed on is this show called Roar. It is an anthology series that they picked up that is actually based off of a book. And I believe the uh, woman who made the book had also done uh, P.S. I Love You and a couple of other stuff. If I could pull up her thing in a little bit. Um, so this is her adaptation that they've done in where they've pretty much, yeah, right here, Cecilia, uh, right. she's done PSI, I love you, love Rosie, a couple of different things. So this is yet again, another book that they've picked up, but with it being an anthology, you have all of these different circumstances that these women are going through. Uh, some kind of missed the mark in my opinion, some were a little bit better than others. I would recommend, uh, the woman who solved her own murder as probably my number three. The woman who had all the scars. I don't know why they're moving these. Uh, the woman who found bite marks on her skin as number two. And then number one, the woman who returned her husband. Now, what you're seeing on screen are thumbnails that do not correspond to the actual episodes. I don't know what's going on. I saw this on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm here talking to you on Monday. They have not fixed this at all. Um, those are the three ones that I would put on your radar. It really is just talking about like... I guess, for example, the woman who returned her husband is the idea of like that culture and where you can't really divorce isn't really an option. So it kind of plays on this idea of what if you had your warranty on your husband and you could just return them? You know, they're kind of fantastic. They're whimsical. Um, but some of them are too whimsical. I'm I'm going to save the duck one for y'all to click on your own. I love Merritt Weaver. I said, I, I don't know what they're going to have Merritt Weaver do. I would have never fathomed what they have Merritt Weaver do in this movie. The woman who, who sat on the shelf is about a woman who sits on the shelf, you know, tro trophy wife, a uh, woman who ate photographs in order to get memories. I was really looking forward to the woman who disappeared um, because it's Issa Rae and she kind of like has a novel that she's going to Hollywood to see if they could adapt it. But like in that, they're commenting on how they can't capture her skin tone when, when getting an ID. But then I'm watching a series that also couldn't <laughs> couldn't capture her skin tone. Uh, a company that's making fun of VR while investing in VR. Uh, there's a moment where they FaceTime. And in FaceTiming to show everything around, they kind of just show their face. So, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of misses in this series. But like I said, I would highly recommend... Not highly. I would just recommend the one with Olivia. Uh, the one with Allison Brie. And then the one about returning your husband. They're on Apple. Uh, check them out, if you will. The best one of this week, though, without a doubt, is Hard Sell, which comes from Catherine Tate. Some of y'all overseas may know her as Nan. Some here know her as, uh, I forget what her character's name was in The Office, but I know she, she was in several episodes of The Office. She plays all of these characters in this prison facility where they're doing kind of this mockumentary style where she's this like up-go lucky person who wants to make sure that every inmate has the ability to be reformed. It is a comedy where she just goes all out on impersonation. She plays every single character and then some. Uh, I started watching a couple episodes of this. It's over on Netflix. I'd say out of all, all the three shows that I mentioned to you right now, 
that are women-led. This is probably the funniest one out there. It's nice, 30 minutes short, uh, barely six episodes. So if you're curious to watch something funny on uh, Netflix, I'd put Hard Sell on your radar over the other ones, over Roar, over The First Lady. Man, but if we talk in some really good TV, go check out Outer Range. Make sure you have a nice 4K television. That's a really nice one right there. Uh, but that's all the stuff for this week from what we've been watching. I'm going to move on over to some yay or nay questions that some people have had in the chat that have been written in the interview section. Uh, looking at some of the stuff that we have right here. Uh, Davis Loves Movies asked, did you read Wahlberg said he invested millions in this movie? Yeah, for Father Stu, I know he took a page out of, uh, what's his name, Atlanta, Medea. Tyler Perry. He said he worked with Tyler Perry and he really liked that idea that he owns all his movies. And so he put money into his own movies. I, I think he forgot the part where Medea makes the money back because he's got that Blumhouse approach. Uh, I don't know how much money this one's making back, but hey, you know churches. When they do these church movies, they go in there and they like, they don't do it by tickets. They do it by groups. Uh, Ismael says, what's the best Christian movie? There's several Christian movies you can mention here. It depends which way you want to go. Uh, I know Passion of the Christ doesn't have the biggest of fans, but in terms of cinematography, you've got that. In terms of like true Christian movies that may have come from like a church group, I don't mind the Kendrick Brothers that much. I think when you compare a lot of the stuff that comes from Pure Flix, Pure Flix rubs me the wrong way because it's like they're really doing the holier than thou. Um, I feel like you can go into the Kendrick's brother's church and they'll at least accept you. Like they're not going to like turn you away the way all these other churches say that they won't. Um, silence is probably the best made faith film ever because it comes from Scorsese, but uh, those would just be some off the top of my head. Uh, I'd be able to think about it more probably if I make a father stew video, cause I have some more stuff to say. Ismael also asked a uh, topic, but new Kendrick Lamar is going to drop soon. I just saw, I know my brother just messaged me right now. And I, I, I don't know what's going on there. They're saying it's dropping on my birthday. I got to focus on this right now, but trust me, I am, I am ready. Even Zach had sent me the new Kendrick stuff that was dropping. So I am very excited for that. Uh, he also asked, what's your favorite movie that you've watched recently that was released before 2000? Oh man. That we've seen recently before 2000. Um, only because I know some of the most recent stuff would have been the Bay Marathon that we just recently finished. And I got to see The Rock for like almost a fresh time because it had been so long. Uh, that one was pretty good. Obviously the biggest bad boy fan. Um, those seem like very simple things. I, I'd probably be able to think of something better in a little bit from what we've logged, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick to The Rock. If you just saw Ambulance, which I've seen more people like, um, go back to The Rock. He, he gave a shout out to The Rock that I thought was corny, but then he kind of explained his reasonings for it. And it's he said that he was working on the script and Sean Connery had passed. And that's why he wanted to make sure that there was an homage to him in Ambulance. So. Uh, Devesh asks, would you rather see a soft reboot or just a cancellation for Fantastic? Nah, you got to finish. I've always said this. Even when I don't like a series, even when I don't like a movie, y'all got to let them finish. It's nothing is more annoying than the Divergent Allegiant thing. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Do a soft reboot after. That's fine. I mean, you're, you're, this is going to be a series that's going to go on forever. It's up there with the Avengers stuff that will be remade at some point. We know what's happened to 007. I, I, you got to finish the, the six that you have going, in my opinion. Even if you make them straight to streaming, which won't happen, but they got to finish them. 
the question was also, is it true that the On the Count of Three is getting a release? That's what I heard. And I am going to be doing a Sundance video covering pretty much everything from 2020, 21, and 22 that I haven't done over on LME. Obviously, here on Intercut, we've covered everything. But I want to go through all of the unreleased stuff over there. But I heard it's finally coming out. And I think that's thanks to uh, his special, Carmichael special, which I highly recommend. Been shouting that out. Saw it. That was one that I saw twice as well. Put that one on your radar. Um, did you catch the Nan movie? I've heard some interesting reviews. I've only seen the snippets. I've never seen the Nan movie, but I realize that more people know her from that than they even do The Office. But that would obviously be, I, I feel a lot of people overseas than over here. But I have to catch it because I like your impressions. Do you think Titan is better than Raw? No. I think they rival each other to the same level. Interesting. I, I think Raw's still better. There's just something about Raw that really hits, but... Uh, I've seen Raw multiple times. I would have to see Titan a couple more. Um, Pink Sweet says, have you seen Shining Veil, the Courtney Cox star show? I have not. Stars and Epics are probably the two streaming services that I don't have. I always, we, we message them for screeners. They don't give it back, which is weird because as Zach was telling me, they like pay people to promote these things. I'm just asking for a free screener over here, but I have not seen that. I, I do need to get a, a list of star shows and then one day just go back and, and catch all that stuff. What is your favorite recent documentary? I just just watched Tickled. Sorry, I just watched Tickled. Someone's tickling me on HBO Max. And whoa, dang! I remember Tickled. Tickled. That's like the 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 tickle cult that they got going on where they like tickle people. Yeah, this is like a Fight Club but for tickling. Right here. This is a crazy one. Yes. Uh oh, it'll make you feel uncomfortable. Watching this movie kind of feels like when someone when you someone's tickling you and you can't feel it. Or you're not allowed to do anything about it. Uh, let's see. In terms of documentaries, obviously we have a lot of the ones that we saw from the festivals. Um, we were just watching a buttload of documentaries for our best of the year list and stuff that have come out recently. I kind of need like a, a whole profile thing here on Letterboxd that allows me to go through everything in a much easier, just for docs practically. But um what was the one that we just saw on HBO? It's a two-part series. Oh, the. Uh, it was about like the, the opioid, opioid thing. thing. That one was that one was yeah. crazy to see. Uh, big director too. Alex Gibney, I want to say, is the director of it. He there is this like crazy little doc about the opioid crisis, which we've seen everything from Dope Sick to uh, the Oxy Kingpins was another one. Crime of the Century kind of gets into some nitty gritty of like that whole how that whole thing went down. I probably have some better ones. I know that that's like a very. <laughs> Probably not as thrilling one. I'll have to get back to you next week on what my my best docs are because you know I watch so many, so I sh I feel bad that I'm I'm blanking on one at the moment. But if you if you can think of one, let me know. Uh, keep going. Zoe Decker says, "How do you feel about Zendaya? Zend right? Zendaya? I always say Zendaya, and Alina kills me. Zendaya working with Luca, her first leading without Sam Levy. Yeah, do it. I wanted to work with everybody. Uh, that'd be dope." Josh, finally went to see Worst Person in the World. Is it one of your favorite movies of the last few years? It's definitely one of mine. 100%. We have it in our best of of the year, and we're, we're going to do a couple more mentions of it for our Intricate Awards that we're still editing. Devesh and Ismael had asked about the scrap finale. I am going to put that link down below. Uh, I might try to share it even right here in a little bit in the chat. Uh, can you pull it up from the chat and then just share it there with them? It should be right on our Notion, yeah. Uh, and then we'll try to put it on the description as well for people to see, but yeah. I'm sorry. I, I think I saw some people saying I didn't get to finish playing it, but I was like, I also, they may not be able to go after them, but they might come after me for playing it. Uh, but yeah, it's sad to see them go. Let's see. A couple of last ones would be, 
let's see right here we'll end it with josh what do you guys think of the thor trailer i think it looks very zany and wacky just saw it fresh off of it right before we came to record i like the joke i like when he like gets into his island that's all i could really say at the moment um it's crazy that it came out i love the joke that they said that the thor trailer because it's like the movie's about to be here this summer in, in two months they said the thor trailer was going to premiere as the as the post credits for, for thor 4 but we finally got it. So uh, it is a real movie that is going to be coming out. We'll see how it goes. I am a big fan of Thor Ragnarok. I approve of the shift that they did for Thor. I love it. We'll see how it goes. And I'm very curious considering that obviously he's with the Guardians. And we also have Guardians 3. So it's going to be really crazy to see. Uh, going into the new 2C. We have a couple of movies a couple of TV shows, a couple of stuff that's streaming. Let's get through a bunch of them. Uh, the first thing, Zach told me that he has wrapped up all of this right here, Better Call Saul, and he told me, dude, it's good. And I'm like, but should I watch it? Like, should I catch up on it? Do I have enough time to catch 63 episodes? And he's like, there is an argument to be made that it might be better than Breaking Bad. Bro, I don't got the time. I have to, though, because as some people saw, there is news that some cameos are going to be made. Oh, it's part one. I got time. I've got time. If it's if it's AB, I'm good then. I'm fine. I, I got till two then. But Better Call Saul, first season, I believe, starts tonight. Uh, the first part of the final season starts tonight, so there's that to check out. There is just more of this stuff right here. The John Wayne Gacy, this is from Chicago. I'm only intrigued because, I mean, the man buried bodies here. Uh, but it's another true crime thing. They have com conversations with a killer for Ted Bundy, and I can't remember who else. This is a new one. Uh, if you have Showtime, there's a Cypress Hill documentary, I want to say, uh, unless it's just going through the band. We also have the new director's new films that is starting April 20th. This is a really good festival. A lot of the picks that we shot out from uh, earlier spring festivals are on here. So if you're curious, give this a uh, look. I believe there's still going to be stuff that is virtual, if I'm not mistaken. If not, it is definitely for people who are over in New York to go check out. Russian Doll Season 2. I believe the embargo is up for me to say this is fantastic. I loved Season 1. I was rooting for it the entire time, shouting it out. It was in all of my must-watches. Halfway through Season 2 with the screeners they sent us. Ooh, it's so good. I love it so much. Uh, definitely put this on your radar. Catch up on season one. Get ready for season two. Comes out April 20th. And then uh, for the K-pop fans out there, 17, Power of Love. I knew that they had to turn this one off right here because this would have a five out of five knowing how the how the stands do it. But 17, Power of Love, the movie coming out in theaters only for two days. Um, then keeping it on streaming on April 21st, The Flight Attendant, season two. Uh, I didn't get to finish season one, but... We have a family who spoiled it for us, and I was like, interesting, that's how it ended? So I, I want to go back and finish that because they sent us all the episodes for season two. This is going to be going on on a weekly basis, so if you're curious on this, check out The Flight Attendant. It seemed like a pretty interesting show. I enjoyed the couple of episodes that we saw. I just never got the chance to finish it. Nice little thriller about a flight attendant having to figure out a murder. April 22nd, a lot of streaming and then all of the big theatrical movies. Starting with Prime, though. A very British scandal. I think this has already been released elsewhere. And uh, or this is a new season. I'm not exactly sure. It's a scandal, but it's also very British. Couple of festival picks. The Earth is as the Earth is blue as an orange. We caught this in 2019, so long ago. This is one of those movies that I, I worry because you know how people are, man. They'll be like, oh, 
propaganda. Oh, a movie that... No, no, no. This is not a movie that hits because of what's currently happening. This is a movie that shows you that stuff has been happening. We caught this so long ago. It is about a young girl who wants to be a filmmaker, filmmaker and decides to document all the war that is happening near our house in Ukraine. It is a crazy movie. It's insane that it's barely coming out now. This is a cool poster, but there is an even better poster that they released that I thought was like really dope. This is, I don't even know. It's like this, but it's got a different shade, uh, a different color to it. Uh, put this one on your radar. It It's a really good movie. Uh, also coming out is one that I was really hoping could come out on Netflix soon. Marvelous in the Black Hole, uh, a movie pretty much about a girl who wants to be a magician, but is also using magic as a way to cope with all the other stuff that's going on in her life. Uh, kind of the flip on that is P Petite Maman, who we've been mentioning for a while now. This is Celine Siama's newest movie. Uh, very short, only 72 minutes about two girls, may have more in common than they think, spending a little time together. And it's a cute little story. Petite Maman in theaters in New York and L.A. coming out from Neon. But then all of the theatrical stuff, the bad guys. Uh, if y'all didn't see Billie Eilish's Coachella concert... You could see the song blasting in your speakers if you go to a theater. The Bad Guys is the new movie about uh, bad guys wanting to be good guys. Because that, that's that's the new trend with everything. If you're a bad guy, you could also be a good guy. Or maybe you weren't bad. You're... We're not the bad guys. We're just the guys trying to get home. Uh, the Northman. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know this had dropped in Dolby. We had asked for screeners or, or screening tickets. And uh, we couldn't make it to those days. They were really late here in Chicago anyway. But I was worried because I was like, no, I want to see this on a beautiful screen. This is a movie that's got a specific aspect ratio as well. You know, it's Robert Eggers. He did that for the for the lighthouse. This movie's coming out and the Dolby tickets dropped. I was late to them. I got two edge seats. Cash this one in Dolby. I'm already giving this all my praise because something in me feels like this is going to be Robert Eggers' best film. And the man's already, uh, he's already got that status. But this is probably my most anticipated of the week. But I would also highly recommend unbearable weight of massive talent with a group of people we got to catch this at south by southwest the bigger of a fan of nick cage that you are the more you're going to catch all these references and enjoy but it's zany it's crazy it's all that stuff and more uh i wish they would have given him more of a platform to be quiet nick cage because that really contrasts well with loud nick cage but nonetheless the unbearable weight of massive talent comes out this week along with the Northmen, along with the bad guys, a lot of good stuff that's coming out in theaters and all the stuff that's on demand. Um, and then the the week wraps up with the return of Barry. Uh, there's too much TV to catch up on. It is insane. But for those who are big Barry fans, I know Zach is a big Barry fan and uh, he would kill me if I don't mention Barry. Uh, just got an email that we got the first episode of Barry. So I'm going to wrap this up and see y'all later. But I got to give y'all some picks for the week. And my three picks for this week, obviously besides telling y'all to go watch The Northman and The Bad Guys, would be Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. If y'all are Ryosuke fans and everybody who was catching up on Drive My Car, which is on HBO, check out this one. The man had a doubleheader last year. He released two movies. This one is now out on the Criterion channel. So do yourself a favor. Go catch this. Uh... It is a kind of like an anthology movie, kind of co covering different uh, perspectives. It's their streaming release of the week. Do yourself a favor, catch that. Uh, another one that I caught up on, Gottfried. <laughs> I didn't know how crazy this man was. Rest in peace, Gilbert. I should have a joke here considering the man's humor. The man's humor was out of pocket. Uh, this is his documentary that kind of covers his entire career, how he approached comedy, 
the repercussions of his comedy and how he ran business, how he was making some of the most vulgar jokes and then going and doing Disney movies. Uh, rest in peace. I know a lot of people didn't, re- didn't realize that he was the voice of Affleck and didn't realize that he's the voice of, what's the bird's name in Aladdin? He was a bird in Aladdin. Like he, the, the range that this man had all over the place and, and how dirty he got. I, I did not know. I was not prepared for that, but it's out on Peacock. If you wanted to get a recap of the man's life, and the final one is Danny Elfman's Coachella set. I'm going to have to blink me out over here. Look at this right here. I Danny Elfman has produced so many compositions. And this is how I knew him right here on the left, right? This man came out in Coachella on the right with the hair blazing, with him rocking out with no shirt. I had no idea that this man was a rock star. He was doing Night Before Christmas. I'm, I'm going to see what else I could pull up. Hopefully, y'all are able to catch some of them because Coachella is on this week. You don't have to pay the million dollars. You can literally just go and watch this stuff. Look at him. Look at him. He was going crazy. Coachella streaming a bunch of the stuff. Uh, and I know some people are getting clips like this that I was able to find right here. He was going insane. I'm... I got to go see Hans Zimmer. I want to see what he does. <laughs> I'll see how crazy he goes. Uh, he did a lot of really cool compositions from Spider-Man down to The Simpsons. So check that out. That is my last recommendation for the week. But other than that, I appreciate y'all for watching and tuning in on the show. Uh, thank you for coming in. Shout out to everybody who was on the chat. Shout out to everybody uh, who is looking to get one of these little posters that we have. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be sending out for anybody who comments why they love this movie so much. Uh, we're going to pick a couple until I run out of stamps. Get your addresses. Send them over uh, so that you can have this to remember one of your favorite movies of the year. But until next time, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcaster. I I just listen to the sound files that we get. And then just make sure that you subscribe, not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces. Zach next week as well with an eye patch maybe over his eye. We're going to have to bring him in like mods. We're going to have to swap him out. We're going <laughs> to have to have a new one, some spell. Uh, but you can't just hear all the time. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekly Must Watch streaming on our YouTube channel every Monday. And please leave us a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that five-star review uh like all the socials down below at intercut pod a big shout out to all the patron intercuties and until next time keep watching movies that are good <laughs>